Good motherfucking morning to you, my friends. Good motherfucking morning to you. UK Cop Podcast, officially speaking, episode one. I know it's all a bit weird. I'll explain in a second. But for now, servants and subjects of the crown alike. My friends, I hope you're well. I hope you're staying safe. And welcome to UK Cop Podcast, episode one, officially. Good brew again, as always. As always, good brew. Big old mug as well. This is like a medieval flagon of tea I've got on the go. Let's fade you out then. Right. Get the next bit up here. Here we go. Oh, look at this. Everything's running smoothly. 1.14 seconds in. No, one minute. 17 seconds in now, and everything is smooth, barring that little fuck-up I just did there with the time. <coughs> Slurping into the mic's not a good start, is it? Slurping into the mic. Welcome, my friends. This is officially episode one of UK Cop Podcast. If you were involved in this venture for what we will now call the pilot episodes... You'll notice they've disappeared from the feed. I've got a bit of an IT issue with that. I will be able to get the what we'll now call pilot episodes back on the feed at some point. But for now, this is UK Cop Podcast episode one. The debrief, as always. Today is a rest day, so I am on full dad duty at the HA. Um, they, by they I mean boys... My boys are down for their morning nap, which long may it continue. Although I think we'll probably let this run for 45 minutes and then I might have to segment the podcast up and jump in tomorrow and finish it off, etc. Because there's a reasonable amount I want to cover in this episode one. And I don't want to be compressing it if we're getting to the end of nap time. And as the mums and dads know out there. If we're letting them nap beyond the deadline, we get into what I've heard referred to as danger nap territory. And that is that maybe there's there, there may be nothing I fear more than the danger nap territory, because psychologically it is a head fuck because you, you, you look at them, they're all asleep. Oh, it's lovely. We're on the, in the car on the way back from somewhere. Isn't it wonderful? Look at them. Oh, the light of my life. And then... When you're two hours past bedtime later that evening and you're walking up and down the hallway trying to get this kid to sleep, thinking terrible thoughts, it never seems worth it. Never seems worth it. Avoid danger naps at all costs. So we will, if necessary, segment this up. And I'll be able to say things like, we'll be right back with UK Cop Podcast Episode 1, Segment 2. I quite like that voice. Um... Back to the debrief. Yeah, rest day. So full dad duties. Boys are down for their nap. Uh, I'm currently in my studio, aka kitchen, with the war dog, loyal hound, curled in his bed, at my feet. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Um, what have we done today? Usual dad duty stuff. Breakfast. Shit TV programs. Um, 
played a puzzle for, uh, played with a puzzle for ooh, 45 seconds, maybe. Um, then I did a little home circuit, worked out, did like some kettlebell stuff, burpees. They're a good home workout thing, aren't they? They're uh, zero equipment. Just agonising to do. I think I think I did four sets of twenty, and I'm I just wrecked. It's it's unbelievable to me with with zero body weight that you can be that gassed from uh, from just jumping around. And then uh, yeah, did some shadow boxing, striking, that sort of stuff. Um, Covid times. What are you gonna do? You you got to make it happen, haven't you? Not training. Is is isn't if you'll forgive the the double negative is not an option. I can't not train. So, and, and the reason that is just to tie things back into uh, to to what this what this podcast is all about. I think when you're a police officer, you surrender the right to be unfit on three accounts. Really, uh, the first one is to keep yourself safe. You have a. a if you allow the grandiose term, a moral obligation to keep yourself safe. And that the second two reasons are kind of extensions of that initial reason. You have an obligation to ensure that you do everything you can to come home safe and well to your family. And the third thing is, and, and I, don't, I don't want to put a rank importance on this, but the, the, the other aspect of this, the, th- the third aspect is you may well have, you're, you may well end up in a situation at work as a police officer, where your colleague's safety, your colleague's welfare is dependent on your level of your level of fitness, your le- your ability to manage a physical situation. So, I am personally of the opinion that we, as as a police officer, you you surrender the right to uh, to be unfit. If you are just on that note, actually, if if you are new to to this podcast, the the mission statement, if you will, you'll see in the subtext of the of the podcast wherever you wherever you pick your podcasts up on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. You you should see the sub subtext, uh, which reads, I think I can quote it exactly. Um, on this podcast, you'll find me, a police officer in the UK, discussing the human animal in all its darkness and glory, such as such as is revealed to the copper. I'm not going to say too much more about that. Um, I think I'd rather let the let the podcast roll on, let the episodes roll forward, and you'll see what I mean by that by that mission statement. I don't want to do a forty eight slide PowerPoint presentation on what I intend to do here. I'd rather just get on and do it. But but that is essentially it to discuss the human animal in all its darkness and glory, such as is revealed to the copper. I do, however, want to say, and I mentioned this on the pilot episodes I, I did, I want to make clear that this podcast is not a war stories podcast. You will not find me on here talking about Gucci jobs that I've been to for their own sake. Of course, as a police officer, we do get to do some fantastic things, things that folks in for want of a better phrase, regular jobs wouldn't get to do, things that we get to see that other people don't get to see. And 
don't get me wrong, those things will come up. I will discuss those things. However, what I'm driving at here is the idea behind those events or the ideas behind those events, the, the, the principles, the, um, the moral concepts. I'll be using my, my experience as a, as a police officer and, and indeed the experience of my, my colleagues where appropriate to talk about ideas. It's the, it's the ideas that we're, we're going to focus on on here. So there will be, anonymity um, is, my, is my A grade criteria. I'm, I will make all efforts on here to, well, no, let me rephrase that. To reveal somebody's identity on here is unacceptable uh, to me. That, that's not what we'll be doing. We won't be talking about specific people. Where I do discuss people, if I'm giving, an, if I'm explaining an example of something or giving an account of something I've been involved with, we won't use their names, the, the, the names will be changed and, and I may even change uh, details around the events themselves insofar as they don't interfere with the the idea that I'm trying to strike at so uh, the, the takeaway from this is that the ideas are the focus not the not the people that we deal with I'm I'm not here to do some weird expose of uh, of the people that come into contact with a with a policing world that that's not what this is so it's, the ideas are the are the objective guys and girls for episode one, I'm going to do a uh, a read through of something that was sent to me by a friend of mine on social media a little while ago, and it's a post by UK Cop Humour, I think. Uh, let me just grab this. And I thought this would be a, a fantastic way to start because it's they've gone to somebody who's who's currently a cop and asked them. What advice would you give for somebody considering joining or, or, or looking to apply? And I think the response is good. I think it gives a reasonably comprehensive overview of what it's like to be a cop at the moment in, in the UK. And it was thought provoking for me. And I thought that this, it might be a good start for me to read through this and and give give my take on the points that this individual makes and then I think I'd like to bolt something on the end as well that this person does get to in their in the words they've they've written, but I would like to sharpen it, clarify it a bit more, bring it more into the foreground. So the post begins UK cop humour. It's from October twenty nineteen, so it's it's old, um, but it, it was sent to me very recently. We get a lot of people asking us advice about joining or what it's like to be in the police. So we reached out to a serving Bobby. And here begins the... <clears throat> here begins the account. Look, it's a bloody tough job. Probably tougher than ever before. Most people recognise this. Even if the occasional old sweat goes on about wooden... Goes on about a wooden truncheon and a cape. They don't do capes anymore. I was infuriated when I joined up. I'd have loved the cape. I emailed stores. I was like, well, I, need a, I need a cape. It's essential garment for the winter. Uh, please may I have one. And they said they don't fucking issue them anymore. Devastated. 
back to the text. The thing is, 15, 20 years ago, you barely had mobile phones. The internet was still in its infancy. Social media wasn't even invented. Maybe early bulletin boards or MySpace. And nowadays, this is all caps, every single thing that you do is recorded and uploaded to the net before you've even left the scene. Clips are edited to erase offender behaviours and just show you wrestling them to make you look like a bastard. People are quick to jump on these incidents and it swells the tide of hatred from a small amount to a larger number who may have been ambivalent before. Everyone has something to say. I'll plug in something here. This person is on the money. Everything is filmed. I routinely have a camera shoved in my face. Multiple, sometimes. Where I'm at with this is that ultimately it's a good thing. The operative word there is ultimately. Speaking frankly, it is frustrating when I'm at an incident and I'm trying to get something sorted. I've got threat harm and risk being presented to me and I've got some sausage shoving an iPhone in my face and asking me what power am I using? That is annoying. And sometimes I will take action to deal with those people if it's compromising the safety of others. But here's why I think it's a good thing. If you zoom out from the incident itself, if I, keyword coming up, that'll be coming up a lot on this podcast, if I detach from what's actually happening, you can't do this in North Korea. By which I mean, in a free society, you are free to hold the people who possess power to account. And that is, that is what's happening with the phone being held in your face. Or let's not say your face because that, that's a different situation. If, if something's being recorded, what's happening there is at least... At least I'd imagine that's what that person would profess, that they're seeking to hold the police to account. I mean, actually, thinking about it, maybe they, maybe they wouldn't articulate it that way. Maybe it's a reflexive thing we do now. Police are dealing with something in public, everyone gets on their phone. But I suppose the, the people who would, who would ab- advocate for this type of behaviour would make the case that we're holding the authorities to account. I feel 
an odd sense of pride for our police service, our system of governance, when I see this sort of thing happening. Because in every single tyrannical state throughout human history, you would have been executed for doing that. It is a marker of our freedom here that you can do that. And that makes me very grateful to live here and now. And that's the ultimate observation for me, which is why I said the word ultimately was the operative one in the aforementioned sentence. Anyway, back to the text. The media, as always, will change with the weather. One day you'll be measured by the standards of one by the standards of one rotten apple. The next day you're all heroes. They don't really give a toss. Yeah, that's probably true. Broadly. They're working to a different agenda, aren't they? Sell papers, get clicks, etc. Oh, that's actually what he goes on to say. Uh, they want to sell papers and get clicks so that the advertising revenue rolls into their coffers. You're more under scrutiny than ever. Some DPS slash PSD... How do they call it? DPS, do they in some forces? My, my force calls it PSD. Okay, interesting. Branches are harsher than yours. Many who do take a common sense approach are overruled by the IOPC, which is the Independent Office for Police Conduct, who seem to be there simply to nail coppers without any ability to understand what a bloody impossible task coppering is. Um, never had any dealings with the IOPC. I've not, <laughs> I've not heard great things. However, again, I would circle back to that previous point. It's ultimately a good thing in my submission that we have agencies like this that police the police effectively. If I was being asked to design a society, I would certainly build in a check and balance for those who are deploying the law to the citizenry or subjects or however you want to refer to the public. Numbers are stretched more than ever. Don't fall for the government's spin. There were X amount of police officers. They cut 20% representative example. And now they're simply giving numbers back. However, it's not quite that simple. Natural wastage, uh, in parentheses, put my teeth back in, sorry. Resignations, retirements, etc. End of parentheses. Mean that numbers are always dwindling. New cops need to be trained. They need to see if they can even deal with all of this crap listed above. Early thoughts are that many will decide they want an easier life and take their degrees elsewhere remains to be seen. Yeah, I don't see that personally. I I don't see that. I uh, I joined reasonably recently. I've been in for a few years, so I I don't I don't see that, but that's purely anecdotal. On that note, as silly as it sounds, this is back to the text, uh, there's a whole generation of coppers who grew up watching The Bill. Was it true to life? Hardly ever. Did it inspire thousands? Yes, it bloody did. Many older cops joined because it was a calling. Many new cops are joining because it's a paid-for degree. Parentheses open. No, we can't blame them in the slightest. It's the sensible option, whether you intend to stay or go. 
end of parentheses. Protect the protectors, in inverted commas. It was a noble idea. It gained a lot of traction. Has it made a difference to you lot regularly being assaulted? Don't think so. Would I'm not quite sure the grammar of that sentence, but anyway, moving on. Would mandatory sentencing change this in time? I think so. Can't say for certain, but it seems probable. Some people are simply evil. Harsh fact, but it's true. They've been conditioned that way, and it's tragic. However, should the whole of society suffer whilst we try and work out if rehabilitation will work, build more jails? There's hope for some, not for others. Socially engineered issues will take decades to resolve. That's if our out-of-touch, inverted commas, members of parliament ever grasp an understanding of real life. I'm going to put a pin in that subject because that will be something that we come back to on this podcast. The nature of evil, how evil is conditioned into people, if it's even conditioned into people. That's something that we will we will talk lots more about. Back to the text. Mental health is more prevalent than ever. Policing isn't really about crime these days. Detections suffer because police are dealing with a mental health crisis every single minute of every single hour of every day. Welfare checks, missing persons, suicidal people that call police as a last port of call. It all takes time and resources and it is likely not the reason you'll have joined. Interesting point. That is a large portion of the job. That's true. However, if as a cop you're just joining up to fight crime, then that perspective is actually out of sync with what a police officer in this country is designed to do. So our police statement of common purpose is to prevent crime, pursue and bring to justice those who break the law, keep the Queen's peace, and this is the key bit, protect, help and reassure people, and to be seen to do all of this with common sense, integrity and sound judgement. That's one of the founding statements of how the police force or service was probably service, really. I think force is an inappropriate word. The police service in this country, that, that's one of the founding mission statements. So it's not all about crime. We weren't designed just to deal with crime. I would argue that primarily we were designed to deal with crime. That's why that statement seems to me to be written in order of importance. Prevent crime, pursue and bring to justice those who break the law. And I'd argue that in terms of percentages, we spend a disproportionate amount of time dealing with the things that this person has listed. The mental health, welfare checks, missing people. But just a word of warning, if you just want to fight crime, policing's probably not for you. Anyway, 
back to the text. That's not to say for a second that helping people isn't your primary role, but you'll feel frustrated. That sort of speaks to what I was saying, actually. But you'll feel frustrated that everything falls to the police. Social services unavailable, send cops. Ambulance queued, send cops. Council not dealing with something, send cops. Prisoner one-to-ones, scene guards, hospital watch. Get used to these terms. You will spend a huge amount of your career on the front line, sat in a chair, if you're lucky, in hospital or in custody, or in a cold, wet, dark field guarding them. The field isn't so bad. A crime scene is a crime scene. Guarding prisoners because they say they've taken something and want a cosy bed for the night is a scandal that somehow needs radical thinking to address. We'll stick another pin in that one, and I will come back to it. Deaths, gore, child abuse, rape, murder, the absolute worst of humanity in discovering the things that human beings, sometimes barely accurate, can do to each other. Injury, stress, depression, sleepless nights, replaying incidents a thousand times in your head to see what you could have done different. The what-ifs, that sometimes haunt you for days, weeks, months or longer. Yep. That is true. That last section gets to the mission statement of this podcast. You are granted access to the deepest chambers of evil. And I think it's aligned by Nietzsche who says hell is unbounded. And I have that observation affirmed to me on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. Whenever I think I found the worst there can be, I find something worse. And I'm just one cop working in one county. We are a dark animal. And when that darkness erupts into the world, it is the police that go and are responsible for, insofar as they can, Restoring order where there was chaos. No one calls and says, I've had a really great day. It's never that. Now, bad, a bad day exists on a spectrum, but there are some bad days that are really bad days. And a police officer has to go and deal with those bad days. I think personally that we owe it to ourselves to discuss that darkness, discuss the worst in people. It strikes me as an unhealthy perspective to suppress these aspects 
of ourselves as a species. And in many ways, that's what this podcast is for. I think that if this, if I was working when they still had the Coppers bars, remember these? These are pubs and nicks. Don't have them anymore. I don't know of any force that has them. I think if I was working then, uh, that may be my cue to leave. I think if I was working then, I wouldn't need to do this podcast because I'd have a forum to discuss, to, to use a technical word, to debrief these elements of humanity that we come into contact with. And what I'm aiming to do here is create a space where we can recreate, albeit on an online platform, somewhere where we can discuss, decompress, debrief these monsters that we come into contact with. I am of the opinion that that type of discussion is essential. For a whole bunch of reasons that I can't get into in what will now be segment one of UK Cop Podcast episode one because my boys are awake. So I will recommence this in due course. Um, I'll be right back. And we're back in the room. Since the last sentence you heard me speak, it's been an entire day for me. The boys are now back again, down for their nap. And so I can do segment two of UK Cop Podcast, episode one. I did listen back to that which you've already heard, had a day to let it emulsify in my own head. Um, I think I'm broadly happy with what I've said so far. There are a couple of points where I think I talk across purposes, but I'm not going to unpack that now because it'll be bloody boring. So we'll just press on. Um, where were we? We were... Let me scroll back through this. It was that point that prompted me to talk about the darkness. Um, probably should have queued this up before I hit record, but, you know... I'm just not that type of guy, really. Uh, there we go. So, back to the text. Losing friends, drifting apart from family, breakups, divorces, all things that sometimes accompany shift work, law enforcement, and having to hold yourself to a higher standard, whether on or off duty, the weekend friends you've known since school who love a line of coke. They're no longer friends because they're breaking the law and putting you in an awkward position. True motherfucking story. True story. Um, you have to bin that stuff. More importantly, um, relationships. I've experienced both. Being in relationships with people who are outside of the job and inside of the job. Mrs. UK Cop Podcast is in the job. She's a police civilian. And me personally, I don't think I'm compatible with people outside of the job. Because... 
and this article will come on to this actually, it's not a it's not a job, it's a it's a kind of way to live, really. And that that is because there's an entirely different culture when you're a copper and that comes along with a different language, different frames of reference, different style of humour. And for me, it just works best. It works best for me to be able to come home at the end of the day and have somebody who's already inside that world so that I can talk freely and I don't have to spend any time at all explaining the context of the stuff I'm talking about. Back to the text. The commitment to a 35-year career, which will take you, which will take over your life if you let it, cancelled days off, missed commitments, expensive half-term holidays, missing the kids' football practice or dance recital or parents' evening. There's probably loads more. But for all of that, it can also be bloody brilliant. This following section is what made me decide that I wanted to do this read through on this podcast because I think what follows is bang on the money. So, do you mind? I'm trying to record a podcast. I've got a dog chewing chair next to me. Come on, leave that alone. Um, where were we? So yeah, this this bit I think is straight down the pipe. Blue lights, sirens, and driving through traffic with everyone getting out of your way. Brilliant. Fighting scumbags who've hurt the vulnerable and the weak in our society to arrest them and bring them to justice. Brilliant. Kicking doors in to save lives and arrest people and help your friends and the ambulance do the same. Brilliant. Being out there in uniform, knowing full well that if the shit hits the fan and people start running, you'll be running the other way towards whatever the danger is. Are you having a laugh? Is it really a good point to be doing that with a slipper? Really? I don't know how much that noise is interfering with the mic. Dude, can you not do that? Give me a break. We'll we'll press on if it becomes too much. I might throw him in the shed or something. Where were we? Knowing that you could be sent anywhere at a moment's notice to stand next to a complete stranger in the same uniform and be able to rely on them like a brother or sister. Bloody brilliant. And occasionally helping someone who really needs and deserves it and seeing tears of joy because you were there for them when no one else was. Probably the best bit of it all. The job, it's really not a job. It's a calling. That that was the section I was referring to. Bang on the money. Those... Those reasons resonate with me. Job adverts and TV documentaries won't tell you the harsh realities of this job, but hopefully this post will. Even reading it back, it barely scratched the surface, but hopefully it can help you decide one way or another if you're sat on the fence. Working in a call centre won't be as sexy, but then you're much less likely to be punched or spat at or called a dirty fucking pig for doing so. It all depends on what sort of cloth you're cut from. If you do join... Rest assured, you'll be welcomed with open arms. True story. It is a big blue family. Join with eyes wide open 
ask questions, get involved, get hands-on and be keen. Any team worth their salt will nurture you because you'll become their family. Oh, and despite the and despite any of the crap you might hear from the trainers that have swallowed a manual and can't remember what it what the mean streets are like, make tea, take cakes on your first day. You'll forge bonds that will last a lifetime. Yeah, it's an odd thing you'll hear in training school that you can't bring cakes in now. You can't get cake fined because it's some variant of bullying. That it's it's utter bullshit. Just smile and nod, and then when you're out and about on team, you'll you'll be getting cakes um that's it that's the uh, could we call it an article i don't know for the sake of this we'll call it an article that's the article i thought it was really good really good the point i wanted to add i mentioned right at the top of the podcast was for me there's a and it does this the, the this text does get to the reason i'm about to articulate but I wanted to make sure, I wanted to sharpen it slightly, bring it, bring it to a fuller body. So, the reason I'm a police officer is because I start by viewing life with the premise that it is very, very very hard that life itself is very 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 hard that was the ipad thinks i'm asking for siri apparently um life is full of suffering suffering is unavoidable and if you're doubtful of the authenticity of that claim let the following detonate in your mind everyone you know and love will die they will all leave you and when they die in all likelihood they will suffer now suffering of course exists on a spectrum and some people do past some people do pass sleeping in their beds, but most do not. Most suffer. And that's not to mention the the suffering that life is punctuated by. Most of it, most of which, and worse still, is brought about maliciously. Malice being when a person elects to cause suffering on another person, often for its own sake, where the, where the causing of suffering is the objective itself. That is what life is. Or at least, that is a fact about life, in my submission. I have grappled with that fact to the best of my ability, and... I am confident in my conclusion that it, it is a fact and one that is unchanging. Therefore, the only thing to do is decide how you're going to respond to that fact. And my response 
is to go to war with that suffering. To engage malice and the people who can who inflict it in combat. That is why I'm a copper. Because it is the best way I know. It is the most direct way I know to weaponize myself against suffering. That's why I love the job. Because I get to feel that process kinetically. I see it happen in front of me. Now, I'm not changing the world as a copper. I am a infinitesimally small part of a big machine. But I believe that that, mach- that machine on balance is a force for good. Or in other words, a force against suffering, against malice. And I am very proud to be a part of it. And it is through this lens, it is, it is from this perspective that I will discuss the job on this podcast. This will be a theme that you will hear weaved through the episodes to follow. And I think, at the risk of prattling on, I shall wrap it up there. I've really enjoyed this. I hope you have taken something from it. UK Cop Podcast, episode one. I'll be back in about a week's time with episode two. And I will see you then, my friends. Look after each other. Stay safe. Bye-bye for now.